listening to The Terrific Teacherpreneur, a podcast for teachers looking to grow a successful online business. Your host, Alex, was able to transform her Teachers Pay Teachers store from a small side hustle into a profitable full-time business. She now helps other teachers do the same. Listen along for actionable tips and helpful wisdom about business and marketing as a teacherpreneur. Here's your host, Alex. Hello and welcome to the Terrific Teacherpreneur podcast. I'm your host, Alex, and today we've got a really great episode. We are going to be talking about TPT and product creation, which I know you really love to hear about, and specifically quality products and what they look like. This is a really exciting topic for me because it's something I talk about all the time. I say, focus on creating quality products because I'm always saying that and I'm saying you should be doing that instead of getting distracted by marketing or you should be doing that instead of just throwing up products left right and center and worrying about quantity instead of quality I'm always talking about these things but I'm sure on the other end of it you're probably wondering okay yeah okay I'm gonna stop wasting time on Instagram I'm gonna make a quality product I'm going to stop making products for the sake of it. I'm going to start making quality products. But you're probably wondering, well, what does that actually mean? What does a quality product look like? What does she mean when she says that? And I thought I would answer that today. So we're going to be talking about the features and components of a product that is truly amazing. And the reason we're talking about this on the podcast today is because this is going to bring you more money. If you sit there making kind of average sort of products and just kind of pumping out random products for the sake of it, you will probably not make as many sales as you would if you sat there and focused on quality products. So that's what we want to talk about today. This is going to be a really powerful episode because if you can apply some of these things to future products and evaluate some of these things on your current existing products, I think it's going to lead to a big increase in sales because we all know that quality products are what bring you money. There is this misconception that it's all about marketing, but the reality is when you look at those big sellers on TPT, the ones that are making really large amounts of money, yes, some of them have Instagram, but some of them don't. Some of them use Pinterest, others don't. Some like blogging, others don't. But the one thing they all have in common, I love to say, is they all create quality products in their store. They have really amazing stuff that teachers love and want to buy. And that's what fills up their PayPal every month. So if you want to make more money on TPT, you need to start making quality products and here is how. First up, I just want to say that you want to be making professional looking products that have value. That's something we're going to be really covering when I list these things in a moment. You don't want to just be throwing things together to make a quick buck. If it's something that any teacher could sort of whip up in an hour themselves, something that they could recreate themselves in 20 minutes, they're not going to want to buy it from you. So those are some things to keep in mind. And I want to touch on a few other really important things. And then I'm going to break down, we're going to talk about the visuals and teacher needs and things like that. But first up, I think an obvious one is we don't want copyright and trademark infringement. So I think instantly, if you're violating someone's trademark, my view, that means the product isn't really great quality. So obviously that. Another thing to keep in mind is whether your product is culturally sensitive. There is a lot of content on TPT that gets flagged and taken down. There's lots of issues there. So you want to make sure that your resources are appropriate. And just in general, I think it's really important that you're providing value. It's not something that kind of should really be free. It's not something that's overpriced for really what's included. You want it to be worth buying. But let's dive into the three different areas I want to talk about. I'm going to talk about appearance, making things visually appealing. So we're going to be talking about the actual look of your product. I'm going to talk about student needs. And then finally, we're going to wrap up with talking about 
products that really align to teacher needs. So those are three areas we're going to talk about. I'm going to list a few things in each of those categories. So let's start with making your products visually appealing. Here are some of the things that you should be doing and shouldn't be doing. (laughs) You need to have good quality clip art. What you don't want to have is poor quality stuff, you know, that you grabbed off Google. Stuff that is blurry and stretched and, and really terrible. You just know it when you see it. It's not great. So go and invest in some good clip art. You don't also want clip art that is really busy and distracting. Sometimes people prioritize that over the actual content of their activities. We don't want that. We want it just to complement and be age appropriate to what we're doing. The same thing sort of applies to fonts too. You want to make sure you've got good quality fonts. Next up, we need to make sure that the layout is good. You don't want to have little attention to this area. You want to make sure everything is aligned correctly and you're paying attention to your fonts and your font sizes and your borders so that you can add that kind of polished and professional appearance to your products. The worst thing is when you have really horrible looking borders and your boxes don't line up correctly. Things are kind of a mess. You just want them to be visually appealing. So that graphic design element I think is really crucial to a quality product and that needs to go across your whole product you don't want that inconsistency between pages where things jump around and move especially if you're working from a template you want everything to look the same and just the pictures change or the word problems change you don't want the borders jumping around and the fonts are suddenly big then they're suddenly small and everything's inconsistent across the whole product so making sure it's consistent is important And in terms of things moving around as well, you don't want to have things that jump around and aren't flattened, especially on digital products, things where the kids can accidentally drag the background and it moves out the way and things like that. And finally, when it comes to making sure the product itself is quite appealing to look at, you need to make sure that there's not anything drastically standing out, like some kind of big typo or something like that. I mean, this is more probably for the students and teachers needs. But yeah, I'm going to just throw it in now that you don't want to be have your product riddled with grammar and spelling errors and typos and factual errors and things like that. It's going to make your product look bad. That's going to be really painful on the eye but it's also again going to go into the next categories your poor students that work on these products and other poor teachers you don't want them sitting there tearing their hair out because the math sum just doesn't add up and doesn't make sense so there's an error so what I would say there in a way to fix these problems because I always like to give action items you want to be making sure that you're buying good quality fonts and clip arts and borders and that you're really meticulous in the way that you line them up so they're neat And you want to be proofreading your work so that you don't have all these errors. That would be my suggestions to make your products visually appealing. So the next category that I want to talk about is student needs. At the end of the day, although we are serving teachers with our resources, ultimately, in theory anyway, these teachers are going to buy these products and use them with their students or children or adults or whatever. But somebody out there is going to be using that product. A little person somewhere in the world could be filling out that worksheet. So at the end of the day, we need to think about student needs. I like to say that one of the most important things you should do is have legible fonts. The worst thing you can do is have really swirly, funky fonts that the kids can't read. This is especially true for the early years. So you want appropriate fonts. And again, with the reference to the early years, you really want things that they can easily complete that aren't going to be tricky for them to cut out like you know if they're sitting there with scissors is there enough room for them to cut it is it you've got to make sure you line things up correctly so they can read the work and they can complete the activities easily and the other thing as well is that there is appropriate space for them to actually write things I think more often than not 
putting in these tiny little boxes. And then when the kids actually sit down with their pencil, they haven't got room to write the answer. So you have got to think of things a little bit from a student's point of view and if they were actually completing this. Another thing to think about, I guess, is the actual content, you know, is it boring? Is it kind of unappealing for the kids? Are they going to find it engaging? I think it's truly important that it's engaging for students. But conversely, we also don't want to, you know, focus too much on being cute and fun. It also needs to have rigor. It needs to have to really challenge these kids. I think the worst thing you can do is have something that is going to bore them or not challenge them. They're going to find it really too easy and too dull. And we want them to be excited by what we're doing. And this one is about differentiation. You know, you've got to remember that not all students are at the same level, even in, within a grade level. So it's good to offer differentiation within your resources so that you're catering to all students and not just this middle kind of ground. So that was my tips for student needs. And I would say the way to fix those things would be to buy quality fonts that are actually legible and to print out your resources and check them, like try them out yourself or get a student or your own children or someone to actually try the worksheet or activity, because then you'll know once they've tried it, oh my goodness, it didn't print very well. The font was really hard to read. There wasn't room for them to write. They couldn't cut it out properly. They found it really boring. You'll know when you actually print it out and try it. And if you're doing product photography, that's a really great opportunity for you to actually experiment. And a few times I've done that and realized that things weren't lined up correctly and and sums were wrong. And I was like, oh my goodness, my goodness, I'm so glad I printed this and checked it before I threw it up on TBT. So that's something to think about. If you're getting an actual child student to work on this thing, they can tell you if it's too boring. They can tell you if it's too easy and, you know, you'll get that feedback literally from them. So that's always an option. Now, the last category I want to talk about, and this is a really important one, is teacher needs. Because remember, at the end of the day, the people buying these products are your actual teachers or speech language pathologists or counselors. I mean, whoever you're actually catering to, your buyer needs, basically. So these are things that you want to have in your product that are going to make their lives easier. Because remember, that's the whole purpose of this here. We are creating products to help them teach a concept and we want to make it easy for them. You want them to be able to buy something from you so they don't have to create it themselves. And it needs to be easy to navigate and easy to use so they can implement it in their classroom or whatever learning space they're in with ease without tearing their hair out. So here are some of the things that we want to have. We want to make sure that the product is actually standards aligned that in some way it's actually going to cater to what they need to teach. Remember that whoever's buying your product has a purpose and it's probably to teach a student a certain concept and it needs to actually do that. We don't really want fluffy products that don't really provide any value. It's good if it can actually hit those standards. So standards-based is always really good. Just in general, we want it to be useful to the topic being taught and we want it to be if possible, not just like busy work, kind of lower level thinking, sort of stuff that's very cutesy and pretty, but not particularly effective. Uh, Next up, we want to make sure as well, especially with certain concepts that what you're doing is thoroughly research, research based practice, and truly something that the teachers actually need. So less of that cutesy fluff stuff and more of something that's going to solve their problem, which is something I talk about all the time anyway. You know, what is their pain point? What are they struggling with at the moment? What do they need from you? You want them to be buying from you because they need it, not just because they kind of maybe want it. They actually need it. Something maybe that's new or different or helpful to their teaching practice. Something original or unique that they don't already have, that they can't get elsewhere, that they can't make themselves. 
And then within the actual product, you kind of want to make sure things are organized well, whether that's, you know, background information and teacher instruction pages that will help them to print and organize the resource and use it. Maybe a table of contents or page numbers. We don't want something that isn't organized. You want to provide lots of options when it comes to the actual implementation, the printing, you know, black and white and color options. You don't want to just provide one. You know, you don't want it to be difficult to print as well. I think also in general, you just kind of want to make sure you have things like answer keys at the end to make teachers' lives easier. And I think a few other things I really think are important as well is you don't want like a low page count, something that's like a really tiny, small product. You want something that's bigger with lots of value. I've always kind of been frustrated when I bought something that was pretty much just one activity or one type of activity. And then once I've used it for like half a lesson, it's like there's no more value from that. It's really great when you can buy a product that you know you can be using for more than just 20 minutes, if you know what I mean. That ties in well with my last one as well, which is, you know, you don't want things that are really sparse, like really sparse pages that don't actually have a lot of content on them. I, for one, as a teacher, found that I didn't have a lot of printing options we were pretty much almost never allowed to print in colour. And then we had a black and white allowance, but I nearly always ran out. It was so limited and I was always so anxious that I was going to run out of copies. So I often had to print two pages and then try and put them into one. I was always trying to buy things or find things that were like really content rich where there's loads of different questions to answer and and activities to do. Because if they've got to print a whole page for every single student and it's got like one question on it or one big box to colour in, that's just a lot of wasted printer ink and stuff. And some teachers just aren't in a position to afford endless printing. So you want to keep that kind of printing and that kind of thing in mind. Now, that's all I had for the teacher needs I think that was a really important one to consider because the buyers that are buying your stuff are the people we want to please the most but overall yeah the thing I really want to leave you with here is that you in order to have those quality products it's about having those things I've listed like having all that stuff but it's about putting in the time and the effort to make something really great that is unique they don't have and they can't make themselves. I think that's a really good test. If if you've spent like days and days, or maybe even weeks or months making that product, hours and hours of time and gone into it, a teacher's quite likely to buy it because there's no way in the world that a busy teacher could recreate that themselves. They don't have 20 hours to spare. But if it's something that you threw together in a morning that they could easily sit down after school in an hour or half an hour or 10 minutes and throw it together themselves, they're not going to be as likely to buy it. So you want it to be that little bit more special. It's kind of like the way in in the real world, we like to go out to restaurants and things because we want a fancy meal. We want someone else to make it. You know, if you go to a restaurant and you pay quite a decent amount of money, it's not free. And then they throw down a piece of toast on your plate you're going to be like, um, I could have just made this at home or a bowl of cereal or like some mac and cheese or something. If it's something we could do ourselves, we're not going to pay for that luxury. We're not going to pay for that privilege. So think about the real world and the things we pay for in life, the conveniences we pay for, whether that's like food and clothes and things like that. We buy things that are convenient that will make our lives easier. Someone else has had to make and we just want to hand over our money and we just want to have it now. If we can do it ourselves, we will. So that's something to think about. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode. I know that I've really enjoyed recording it. I think it's nice to touch on this topic because like I said, I'm always preaching, make quality products, but never really telling you what that actually means. And I hope that this has been enlightening for you and you're like, yes, there's some stuff in here that I really need to do. And I know that's gonna make my products better. And I really hope it does. Even just reading through that list myself, 
I know off the top of my head, there's a lot of products in my store that don't have those things. That's something I need to work on. So yeah, I guess I'll say that before I wrap up. If you were listening to this episode and thinking, oh my goodness, there's so many things she mentioned, I'm not doing those things. Don't sit and wallow in self-pity and feel bad because as I was reading them, I was thinking, oh yeah, I need to add an answer key to that product. Oh, did I put teacher instructions on the product I made the other week? Like we all have those moments where <laughs> we are feeling a little bit less than because we're not doing everything perfectly. Yeah, there's a lot of products in my store that need some of those things. I'm just, I'm here to give you some real talk there. We've all got stuff to work on. We've, we've all got products that need updating and improving. So take this advice as something you're going to apply to your new products and you're going to gradually update on your old ones and don't feel pressured and upset. Maybe you don't have all of those things just yet. That's okay. The whole point of this is to inspire you to be better, not to make you feel bad about what you're currently doing. So I hope that it helps. Before I go, I just want to remind you, if you haven't already, make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. And it would mean a lot to me if you left a review. I love to know how you guys are feeling about the podcast and what you've enjoyed. That means so much to me. Or you could share it in the terrific Teacherpreneur Facebook groups and people often go on there and they make a post and say which episode they enjoyed and how it resonated with them. And that always makes my day and that would mean a lot to me as well. So feel free to do that. But I hope that you have a terrific day. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Terrific Teacherpreneur. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Come back for more actionable tips and helpful wisdom in the next episode with your host, Alex. Until then.